You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Also, don't forget to give the podcast a follow on Twitter. It's at Locked On Pels. Should be pretty easy to remember. Pelicans taking on the Philadelphia 76ers tonight in the Smoothie King Center. The four-win Philadelphia 76ers, who are going to be without about five or so guys. They're 4-18 and 18 right now. Um, we'll talk about that game, preview it a little bit. Also, maybe compare and contrast the Pelicans and this Sixers team and how they were built, the Sixers being built through tanking, you know, let's be honest here, uh, and draft picks, uh, whereas the Pelicans tried to accelerate their timeline uh, for go, you know, for went using the draft, didn't want to go after those type of guys, instead went out of after that young vet philosophy of Dell Demps uh, that I'm sure you've heard so much of before. Uh, interesting styles, though, on how to build a team with neither of them having worked out so far. Uh, so a lot of things to look at might, you know, shed some light on Dell Demps' tenure here in New Orleans uh, and what he was trying to do. Also, like I said, have the game preview of the Sixers, so it's kind of 76ers heavily based today uh, on Locked On Pelicans. Now, before we get to previewing that game, I know you're all big basketball fans. A lot of you are big football fans. So are you ready to get in on the action? Because then you definitely need to check out BetDSI.com. That's BetDSI.com. They've been in in business for over 20 years. They've been routinely ranked and rated very high. I play there. It's a very safe website. You're not worried about any information being compromised, any sort of you know illegal downloads, things like that. Um, and BetDSI.com has a great basketball special right now. If you sign up today, uh, you get $10 free, free money, just for trying their services. Uh, and more so than that, BetDSI.com is also offering a 100% bonus on your first deposit. They're going to match what you put in. That's free money. Uh, you want to take advantage of that. They have great customer service. Uh, if you have any problems with whatever it might be, questions on the bets, the payouts, all of that. Uh, and then the biggest thing is fast and easy payment of your winnings. When you make a bet on probably the Pelicans losing, let's be honest here, uh, and you win that, you want to get that money quickly. You don't want it tied up and taken in days, weeks, months to come to you. It's going to be there very fast. They're going to make it simple to cash out. That's one of the most important things, maybe the most important thing, uh, when you're looking for an online site like this, an online service like this. Can you get your money back? And with BetDSI.com, you absolutely can. There's hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from. You can even do UFC and other type of prop bets. Uh, they even have live in-game wagering of all football, basketball, and any other major sporting event going on basically anything you want to play uh, is available on betdsi.com so go to betdsi.com now that's betdsi.com go there now use the promo code pelicans 10 pelicans 10 that's how you get your ten dollars free just for trying uh, you don't even need to put money in on that just try it out if you like it uh, you know then they'll match your first deposit but definitely go there use pelicans 10 get your 10 free dollars and start winning today so building a championship contending team in the NBA is obviously very hard, especially if you look at the history of the league and only how many teams have won titles. Uh, you know, it's not like the NFL where there's one or two franchises that haven't won or even been to a Super Bowl. Here in the NBA, that's the majority of them. Uh, so it's obviously not easy. And the Sixers, uh, with Sam Hinkie at the helm, took the approach of the process. Uh, as we've all heard, and we've heard that buzzword being said around the Pelicans this year from Dell Demps, uh, where they tanked and they figured the best chance of landing a star is through the draft. 
Uh, so you tank, get high draft picks. One of them has to turn in a star, and then you kind of figure it out from there. The problem with that is it took them years before they finally landed Joel Embiid, who hadn't, you know, didn't play for his first time in the league, uh, and this is really his first season years after they drafted him. It's a bit of a problem, and you know, it just goes to show there's no right or wrong way to build a team here. The Pelicans have tried to emulate different things uh, before changing their approach a little bit this year, and a lot of people say they wish they had the Pelicans had gone after the draft picks and used their draft picks rather than, you know, trading them to the Sixers in part of helping them go through their process and bringing in Drew Holiday or moving a first round pick uh, for Omer Oshik. Obviously, I think most people would like to have that one back. Um, But I I don't think the Pelicans had the bad approach in what they tried to do. I've always said uh, it takes a rookie about three years to contribute to an NBA win total. When they drafted Anthony Davis, they thought it might be a year before he was significantly impacting the fortunes of this team. You can't then draft another young guy and wait three more years because their timelines, even though they're close in age to Anthony Davis and close in uh, time in the league to Anthony Davis, the timelines aren't the same. And that's what kind of accelerated this process. Part of it also probably had to do with Tom Benson buying the team and wanting a win-now approach. Uh, But so the Pelicans went after Drew Holiday. They signed Tyreek Evans, matched Eric Gordon's offer, you know, brought in and traded for Ryan Anderson, all of that. And and it changed it. And, you know, frankly, if they had gone the different route of drafting players, you know, it's the draft is still a crapshoot. They still might be in the same situation now uh, had they uh, gone forward with drafting. A lot of people point to rookie contracts at least being cap manageable. Um, But if those guys are bad, they're bad and they're not going to help you and they're not going to contribute. Uh, and if they're injury-prone in the case of Nerland's Noel, Okafor, Embiid for a period of time, that's not going to work out either. If you're not drafting well, uh, going that approach of trying to build through the draft obviously isn't going to help you. And so the Pelicans forego- or forewent that, and they decided to just go with you know, a tried-and-true approach of sign guys they thought could help. That's where Del Demps has failed. The idea is there. You can defend it. Um, but the players he's brought in hasn't worked out. Tyreek's at, ty- uh, sorry, Tyreek Evans, just in general, if he had stayed healthy, I don't think was going to be a huge difference maker for this team. Eric Gordon certainly wasn't. Ryan Anderson didn't prove to be a core guy. He was too streaky of a shooter at times and just not consistent enough. Uh, and then the injury, injuries also derailed everything. But basically, he struck out on almost all of those big moves that he's made. Del Demps can do little moves and bring in a side guy here or there. I was going to say side piece, and that was just not the appropriate phrase for what I wanted to to get across here. Um, So in the moves he's made, yeah, he's ultimately failed a lot of this, and it's leading this team to be in this position. Another thing to keep in mind, and I kind of mentioned this earlier uh, when I first took over the podcast, it's not easy actually to build a team around Anthony Davis. Uh, Davis can only do so much, but big men often need another person with them. Uh, Think about when Shaq finally started winning titles, how Dwight Howard never managed to bring a title when he was in Orlando. Um, they, They rely a lot on guards to feed them the ball and get them those good entry passes and get them good looks at the rim and run pick and rolls with them. And frankly, the Pelicans haven't had that partially because Drew Holiday has been Uh, injured or out with a a personal issue uh, in his tenure here. And part of that's due to the trade with Philadelphia, where Hinky kind of pulled one over on the Pelicans. They were subsequently fined for it, and it was a bit of a mess all around. Uh, But, you know, it's not like uh, Anthony Davis can just drag 
a group, a ragtag group of whoever it is to the NBA Finals like LeBron James was able to in his first stint in Cleveland. He took that team to the Finals where there was just not a lot of other talent on there. But because he's that wing position in the playing kind of from the backcourt, he can get the ball in his hand and do things. Anthony Davis needs someone to get him the ball. And then it's a spacing issue. He de- he can't dribble drive from the three-point line to the rim in an explosive way that LeBron James can, where you may be just putting him with uh, spacers on the court would make it a little bit easier for him. Davis needs to be positioned down low to begin with, unless it's coming off the pick and roll where you're forcing the defense to react. And that's why I said, you know, the biggest thing they might need is another big to pair with him, someone that's going to fit really well. Uh, and again, those guys don't grow on trees, guys like Al Horford, maybe one of the Zellers. Um, and, and you can't go out and get them, especially with the money that the Pelicans have. So it's a problem. But when you look at the 76ers, I don't know if I'd rather be in their spot than the Pelicans' spot right now. At least the Pelicans, you feel, uh, you know, on any night can maybe go out and win a game. I don't feel that way about the 76ers. Uh, You know, at the start of the year, there was no hope for playoffs for the 76ers. There was at least some hope for the Pelicans, maybe if everything broke right. Um, And again, is, is that better than bottoming out? You know, it's up to you as a fan to decide where your expectations are. Uh, but I don't know if building through the draft would have been a better way. And frankly, without getting just another superstar to pair with Davis, I don't know if there was ne- ever going to necessarily be a way for this team to absolutely be competing for titles on the regular. And it's interesting because you look at the Sixers and they're kind of in a similar position now where they've got the big man they want to build around the super duper star they think they have. And then, you know, they drafted Ben Simmons, who, you know, for being the number one overall pick, I don't think anyone was that thrilled in expecting him to be you know lighting it up in the NBA the way he kind of sleepwalked through his call his lone college year at LSU uh, and now they're stuck they need to get another person to uh, build around him and they can be in a similar position to the Pelicans their young assets they have aren't you know that appealing uh, you have Nick Stauskas is maybe one but again I don't think you know anyone's that that interested in him although he's played kind of well this year at times for him but before that really struggled um, so there's not a ton of young guys on there no one wants Okafor no one wants Noel who's been hurt uh, you could probably have him for like a second round pick maybe a little bit more than that but not a ton not a first uh, to pry him from there uh, problem is you then have to pay him and you're forced to to make that decision given that he's going to be coming off uh, his rookie deal. So it, it puts the Pelicans, you know, in, a, in an interesting spot comparably to the 76ers. I don't know which situation I'd rather have. Uh, maybe the cap space in Philly is a more appealing thing. But again, you could go that approach and it's not going to guarantee that you're going to work out uh, into any sort of title uh, contention whatsoever. And no title contention is certainly going to be the theme of this matchup tonight as the, like I said, four and 18 uh, 76ers take on the New Orleans Pelicans in a game that I don't think anyone's, you know, necessarily like thrilled about here. You know, at least it'll be kind of fun to uh, see him beat in person. Um, but the Sixers in this game, Jared Bayless is out. Robert Covington is is not expected to play in this game. Nerlens Noel is out. Okafor is not expected to suit up against the Pelicans uh, tonight. And Ben Simmons is out for however long it is. Um, so New Orleans in theory, should have a kind of easy victory here uh, for them. But with this team, you never know. So the Sixers rank last in offense, actually worse than the Pelicans. They're about, they're in the the middle half of the league in defensive rating. Uh, That's pretty good. Uh, Their pace is right around the middle as well. They kind of match up with the Pelicans 
Uh, you know, it's like a possession difference between the two. So they'll play the type of style of basketball the Pelicans want to play, which will definitely be a good thing. Uh, so what is, uh, you know, where, how will the Pelicans lose this game? I think that's maybe the way to go about it, is where's the problem going to be? And before we talk about Embiid just yet, it's basically they if they lose this game, they're going to get killed at the three-point line by the 76ers. Uh, if you look at their shot chart, it's it's not great. They're, you know... Okay, from three-point range, uh, taking a look at it, they're about average on the inside in the paint in the restricted area, uh, and then they're absolutely terrible, 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 terrible anywhere else in that mid-range game. Uh, so in between, inside the three-point line, not in the paint. If you can force them to take shots from there, the Pelicans should have an easy one uh, to win here uh, tonight. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. So. Pelicans need to not let them get to the rim, need to defend the three-point line, uh, and force them to take mid-range jumpers. That means if they're running mid-pick-and-rolls, not high-pick-and-rolls above the three-point line, sag off, let the pop man shoot an 18-foot jumper, a 16-foot jumper. Philly doesn't make those well you know, at all. They're 27th. Uh, they rank 27th in two-point percentage, and that's counting, you know, paint points, too, where they're okay at, which goes to show you how absolutely terrible they are um, in in shooting. Uh, they, they do attempt a lot of shots. That's going to go along with pace, but they don't get to the line really well, so don't foul. Be smart. Just let them take open mid-range shots. Should be fine if, if the Pelicans go about that. Uh, when Philly does attack, press them hard. When they drive to the rim, Press them hard, get on them, body them up. They turn the ball over uh, over 17 times a game. The Pelicans haven't been scoring a lot in transition uh, and points off turnovers, I mean. And that's fine if they don't even do that tonight. I'm okay with that tonight. Normally you want them to press when you get that turnover, uh, but the Pelicans haven't done it particularly well, and there's no need to tonight. Just end the possession and then get your own good shot. That's the biggest thing uh, you want to see the Pelicans do. Uh, Joel Embiid, obviously, is going to be the focal point of the offense for the 76ers. That means you should see a lot of Omer Oshik, uh at times guarding him when he plays down low. But the thing is, Embiid can also shoot the three. He averages a little under two, uh, under three three-pointers attempted per game, making about half of them at, you know, making about 1.4, 1.5 per game. So he can shoot. He's got some range on him. Uh, which I don't necessarily trust Ashik to deal with from deep. But if he's the only guy that's going to be shooting threes, you you should feel okay. Problem is, that's not going to be the case. The Sixers connected. They took 41 three-point attempts against Memphis their last game, and they made 14 of them. Philly is one of four NBA teams to make at least 14 three-pointers in seven or more games this year. Uh, only Houston, Cleveland, and Golden State have done it you know, more so than Philly. So like I said, the Pelicans are going to win or lose this game on the three-point line for themselves. Uh, they do have Ersan Ilyasova, who can shoot from deep. Uh, and that's going to be another big threat. He kind of broke out against Memphis a little bit. Um, which is not what you want to see. Robert Covington could shoot. He's not taking many. Uh, Nick Stauskas will shoot a bunch from there. Uh, so will Sergio Rodriguez, who's starting at point guard form uh, until Jared Bayless comes back. If you can defend the three-point line, though, this team is rather toothless in other areas. Let them get the one, a make or two on occasion, but you have Davis and Oshik down low uh, at the rim defending it. Defend the rim, defend the three-point line, or just don't get killed from three. I think I'd live with that. Uh, and this should be a, an easy game to win. Um, so uh, that should be kind of how it goes. The Pelicans' offense, uh, defense to 
kind of just get back is going to work really well rather than going for offensive boards. Philly's a pretty good defensive rebounding team as well. So not fighting for offensive rebounds that might not really help them out is going to be a good thing. Again, you don't need it against this team because they just don't score so much. You can have an empty trip here or there if you're the Pelicans and it won't be the end of the world, though, of course, you'd rather not that or have that not be the case. Um, so it should be an interesting game. Basically, if the Pelicans lose this is where it's going to be a problem. Uh, and it's not how they're going to lose it. It's just going to be the reaction from the fans. Uh, and, man, you have to figure Alvin Gentry's seat is going to be insanely hot right then. If they blew, they blew that game against Memphis where they were competitive, and we don't know if Drew Holiday or Etuan Moore are going to play just yet. Uh, we should find that out closer to the game tonight. But even if they don't, there's more talent on the Pelicans than there are on this Philadelphia team. Uh, from the Pelican side, you'd like to see, you know, maybe Langston Galloway continuing the hot shooting. He, got, he, he tends to be a streaky player, so maybe that happens tonight. Uh, you'd also like to see... Uh, the aggressiveness that he showed in part of the game against Memphis, but didn't continue it through, and that's from Solomon Hill. You want him to go out and try and score, and you want him to put the ball on the ground and drive to the rim. He doesn't have the worst handle in the league, in the world, so he can definitely do this. Um, you need a, a, maybe a decent game, at least defensively, um, from one of Drew Holiday. You should get it out of him. He's playing his former team. You have to figure he's a bit motivated here. Uh, but you'd like to see Anthony Brown maybe guard some of these guys. He might get Ilyasova on switches at times. Uh, and, you know, if he can play some solid defense, uh, maybe Stauskas, who's got a little bit of height, it should be okay. They might be fine just doing that. Um, there's Hollis Thompson, who's also on the team. Uh, it can be a threat at times in the limited minutes that he plays. Um, he's kind of that shooting guard, small forward combo type of guy. So you see Anthony Brown getting some time. He should have a chance to shine. He should get a lot of shots in this game. I'd rather have him taking it uh, than guys like Tim Frazier or others who at times aren't playing particularly well for this team. So the problem is if they lose and some of those guys don't play well or they don't seem motivated to play, uh, you got to wonder if Gentry's going to survive. I don't know. You know, I said earlier in the year I don't think he's going to be fired midseason. Um, but the problem is... If you lose to Philly, I don't, I don't really know what you can do and what you can say here. That's a really, really bad loss. Um, Fletcher Mackle was on uh, WDSU the other day talking about it, calling this game the Battle of the Bad, which is a funny name. I kind of like that. Uh, and saying if they lose, his sources, I don't know who that is, uh, said that Gentry seat's going to be scorching. And no matter what, I don't think you need sources to understand that, man, he's got to be coaching for his job right now. He can't be happy. He's been very frustrated after games. Uh, whether that's you know being very terse in his post-game interviews or the story was he crumpled up his stat sheet and just threw it on the ground, which, again, how mad are you with that? It's a piece of paper. Come on now. He's not breaking walls. Um, I've done worse things, especially in college when you get angry. You never know uh, what might happen. I had a friend who once broke his hand punching a brick wall and had to get surgery on it. He was so mad over something so stupid. Um, so we're not seeing Gentry do that. So how mad is he really, right? Um, but he's been frustrated. He knows his job might be on the line. I remember a couple of years ago, two, three seasons, the, the year before Monty got fired, maybe I'm, I'm trying to remember now, which would make that three seasons ago. It was that road trip where they lost to, uh, they beat the Pistons, they beat Toronto, then they lost to Philly. They lost to the Knicks who were really bad at the time. Langston Galloway had a good game there. Uh, and on that flight back, you got, you had to wonder if Monty Williams was going to get fired on the plane and not make it off, but the Pelicans kept him, uh, keeping him eventually paid off the next year with the playoff season. Uh, so you got to wonder if maybe ownership's going to take that same patient approach. Who knows, though? So you don't want to call this a must-win game for the Pelicans, but you certainly don't want to lose at home to the toothless on offense Philadelphia 4-win 76ers. 
that would be a very bad look for this team. And that's when I think you're going to see a lot of people being very frustrated internally with the team, externally with the fans. No one could be happy if they lose to this team, especially at home. Uh, but, you know, with the way they played against Memphis and blew it, if this game gets close, I don't know if I trust this team uh, late in a close game. So that could definitely, definitely be a problem. Uh, so, again, thanks for listening to Locked on Pelicans today. Going to wrap it up there. Uh, tomorrow we'll have the recap for you after this game. If they lose, we're going to have a ton to talk about. If they win, well, they beat a really bad team. And does that tell you a lot about this Pelicans you know, franchise as a whole? But thank you all for listening. Don't forget, it's on iTunes. Uh, Locked on Pelicans is on Audio Boom, on Stitcher, whatever app you use. L- subscribe. Uh, you know, make sure you're getting the RSS feed to get it daily. Um, it comes out at six in the morning. Only podcasts coming to you five days a week, bringing you this type of insight. Uh, no one's going to tell you, how, you know, they'll tell you Pelicans need to rebound. It's not that they're going to lose the game on the three point line because of Philly's shot chart and diving into it like that. Uh, talking about, you know, NBA history, how uh, big men, you know, need some help to win titles. This isn't, you know, as good as, uh, Davis is. He's not LeBron James. So again, make sure you're subscribing to it, rating it, sharing it with your friends, following it on Twitter at Locked On Pels. So thank you all for listening. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you guys tomorrow.